0: Good evening, everybody. I pray that everybody is well. I pray that everybody is blessed tonight. I pray God strengthen his favor upon you. And I pray that wherever you are, that you feel God is with you. We're It's Tuesday Night Live tonight, and we want to continue our discussion that we began on Sunday. On Sunday, we started talking about unpausing our purpose. Unpausing our purpose. Now, there are many things that can be distractions to us during this time, particularly as we live inside of a pandemic. Not only is it a global pandemic, but we have a election season that's finally coming to a close, it appears. And so many other things that are going on with us, not just nationally, but personally. All of these things are just on top of the things that we deal with in our day-to-day lives. And in times like this, we can get distracted from what God desires us to do. Considering those things, I just wanna pray with you. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, for us to seek your word, to seek your instruction, to seek your direction. Lord, for you to help and assist us in finding the path that you've designed for us. Lord, to give us strength and encouragement. That we might make it along the way, that we might be the light that you're calling us to be, that we might find ourselves in line with your will and the destiny that you have prepared for each and every one of us. Lord, cause our hopes and our own dreams and our own desires to fall in line with your word. Course correct us, Lord, so that we might follow your path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We're going to the word of the Lord quickly if you will go with us to first kings the 19th chapter again that's first kings chapter 19 and we'll be looking at the word of the lord there in first kings chapter 19. we'll be uh, reading from the word of the lord there so if you'll follow us along there again that's first kings chapter 19 and we'll be looking at verses 19 through 21. first kings chapter 19 Verses nineteen through twenty-one, and the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord there reads thusly: it says, so he departed from there, and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah, and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen, and slaughtered them, and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Here we see a seminal moment in the, in the life of Elisha. Elijah has come to Elisha and laid his mantle upon him. And then Elisha had to make a decision. What am I about to do with my life? This is a destiny moment. And what I do in this moment will certainly determine how the rest of my life will go. One of the things that I find interesting in this text is that Elisha following Elijah at that moment was not a very popular decision. It was not easy for Elisha to follow Elijah in that moment. Why was it not popular? Well, if you read the beginning of chapter 19, you'll find out that the wicked ruler, Jezebel, had put a bounty on the head of Elijah. She had put out word that people were to kill him, that he was to be killed upon sight. This had caused Elijah himself to kind of rather discuss his own role with God. It had caused him to question himself. It had caused him to go off in the wilderness and seek God and even for a moment, ask God to take his life. What I'm saying is this was not a convenient moment for Elisha. It wasn't a convenient moment for Elijah. Elijah was dealing with feelings of being alone, feelings of abandonment, feeling that he was by himself. And for Elijah to follow him in that moment was not very convenient. As the rule the wicked ruler, Jezebel, had promised that Elijah was to be killed. If any time, it seems like people would have abandoned Elisha, but Elisha recognized this opportunity to do the will of God. To do the will of God in difficult circumstances. To do the will of God in spite of a wicked and corrupt government. To do the will of God even if it were to cost him his life. Those are very high stakes for Elisha. To choose that moment to go after what God was calling him to do what i'm telling you is that many of us our circumstances are not that dire most of our lives are not in jeopardy just because we choose to follow god most of us do not have to make the commitment that Elisha had to make in just that moment after elijah laid the mantle upon him to decide whether or not to follow the path that his parents had designed and maybe that, that was familiar to him. Maybe that was even hereditary, but rather to follow a path that was unknown to him, a path that would lead him away from his family, a path that would lead him to even have his life in jeopardy, just so that he could be in line with what God desired for his life. Can you imagine the, the consequences of Elisha making another choice in that moment? deciding not to pursue his purpose. We spoke with you on Sunday about unpausing your purpose. And one of the things that we said, the reason that so many people have their purpose on pause is because 2020 has given us so many excuses as to why we should pause. 2020 has given us so many excuses as to why we shouldn't go after what God desires from us. 2020 has been a perfect perfect storm of reasons and excuses to not do what God has said. Well, I'm telling you, this has happened before. And here, Elisha was in a perfect storm of situations and circumstances, which could have easily caused him to try and put his purpose on pause, to abandon what God had said. Elisha had very good rationale like many of us do today. Elisha could have said, surely it's not God's will that I put my life in jeopardy just to go after my destiny. Surely it's not God's will to follow a man who has just been condemned by the wicked ruler. Surely it's not God's will to follow the path of a man that would likely lead to his execution. Why would God have me follow such a person? Certainly those could have been excuses that were swirling in Elisha's mind. But he understood in that moment that this is not a moment to shrink away. This is not a moment for fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. This is not a moment to be afraid. This is not a moment to shy away. This is not a moment to use excuses. And I'm telling somebody right now, this is not the moment to use an excuse. This is not the moment to shy away. This is not the moment to find reasons not to do what God has told you to do, but rather, When you have purpose, you find reasons to keep going. When you're working in God's purpose, you find reasons to do what God said. When you're working inside his will, when you know that you're under God's assignment, you find reasons to keep going when other people will tell you to stop, when other people will tell you to let it go. Some of you right now, you're on the cusp of giving up your dream. I'm telling somebody right now, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let it go. Don't let it fall to the side. Don't give yourself an excuse to fail. I want to remind you that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. When I'm working inside God's will, I have everything I need to be successful despite what my environment might look like. I'm not telling you every day will be sunshine. I'm not telling you that every day will look good. In fact, let me say this. I'm not telling you every day you will feel good. Every day you won't feel like working on your purpose. Every day you won't feel like working on your dream. I'm telling you right now, even inside this text, Elisha was disappointed. Elijah, he was depressed. Elijah said to the Lord, Lord, let me lay down right here under this tree and you take my life. But at the moment where he was at his most depressed, at the moment where he was ready to give it up. That's when God spoke to him. God called out to him, Elijah. And and notice what he says there earlier in the text there in verse in chapter 19. He says, Elijah, why are you here? Elijah. Why are you here? He's saying, Elijah, you are in the wrong place. You do not have permission to lay here and die. And I came to tell somebody that this evening, you do not have permission to stay where you are and die. You do not have permission to stay where you are and fail. You do not have permission to stay where you are and come up short. God is calling you out of that place of depression. God is calling you out of that place of anxiety. God is calling you out of that place where you feel you do not have the resources to be successful. Elijah, why are you here? And you can fill in the blank and I'm asking you that question. God is calling out to you and asking you that question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you remaining in a place where you simply feel sorry for yourself? Why are you remaining in a place of regret? Why are you remaining in a place of disappointment? God says, I'm calling you out of that place but I because I have something greater for you. I have something more for you. I have something. I have ample provisions to make you successful. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. And I I hope that that'll be a mantra that you speak even to yourself when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror. And if you're in a place right now where you're disappointed, in a place where you feel dissuaded, in a a place where you feel depressed, a place where you feel anxious, I want you to speak it to yourself. You do not have to stay here. Why are you here? God is calling you out of that that experience. God is calling you out of that depression. God is calling you out of that failure. God is calling you out of that disappointment. And I know what you're saying to me right now. You're making excuses in your mind. You're saying, uh, Larry, you don't know how I got here. You don't understand the circumstances that are against me. You don't understand the forces that caused me to be here. You don't understand that I do not have help. You do not understand that I do not have resources. You do not understand that I was abandoned, that, that I was, that someone divorced me, that they left me, that I, 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 have been compounded with so many stressors with, with, with so many obligations. You don't understand how I got here. And I want you to know something at this moment. I don't have to understand, but I want you to know this. God is calling you out of that place. God is saying that you no longer have permission to stay there. Yes, you had a pity party, just like Elijah did. He went down and laid down and said, Lord, take my life. But then God said, why are you here? You do not have permission to stay here. I'm taking you to a higher place. And what did God do when he called him out? He called him out of that place of regret. He called him out of that place of depression. He called him out of that pity party that he was having for himself. And God said, let me take you up to the Mount. When he took him up to the Mount, he said, I'm going to show you something. So God sent so many signs to Elisha. God sent a great fire, but the word says God was not in the fire. God sent hurricane force winds, but God said, but the word says he was not in the wind. God sent a, a, seismic, a seismic earthquake to shake up the ground where Elijah was standing. But the word says God was not in the earthquake. Then the word says there was then came a still small voice. And Elisha heard that voice. God was in the voice. God was reminding Elisha, despite what you're going through. I'm still with you. And I hope that minister to someone right now because you are looking for something seismic to happen in your life, to shake you out of where you are. You're looking for a fire to burn down all of your problems. You're looking for an earthquake to shake things up. You're, you're looking for winds to blow away your problems. But I want to remind you, God was not in the fire. God was not in the hurricane. God was not in the earthquake. God was in the small voice that ministered to Elisha, that reminded him that yes, I'm still with you. So I'm warning you now, stop looking for the hurricane. Stop looking for the fire. Stop waiting for the earthquake. Open your ears. God is speaking to you in a still small voice. Just like he did to Samuel, Samuel was a young man living inside the temple, and Eli, the priest, was his mentor. Samuel was in his room, in his bedroom, and all of a sudden he heard a voice, and he said, he ran into the room where Eli Eli was, the priest, and he said, did you call me? Eli said, no son, I did not call you. Samuel went back to his room and laid down again, then he heard another voice calling him and then he ran to Eli again uh, to his room and he said Eli did you call me he said no son I did not call you again Samuel went back to his room back to his slumber and sleep and he heard a voice calling him again and he was certain that it was Eli this time so then he runs to the room of Eli awakening him and saying sir did you call me Eli recognizing that it was the voice of God told Samuel's son, I did not call you. The Lord is speaking to you. The next time, just open your ears and be ready. God spoke to Samuel again. And when he spoke to him, Samuel said, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Stop waiting for the earthquake. Stop waiting for the hurricane. Stop waiting for the fire. God is speaking to you. And when he speaks your heart and your spirit and your mind need to be open. And you simply need to say, Lord, here am I. My heart is open to you. My mind is open to your will. My spirit is open to your direction. Show me the way that you would have me to go. And some of us need to say to the Lord and I, 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 and that's me too. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being slowful in 2020. I'm sorry for letting the fear of a pandemic slow down what you had for me to do. I'm sorry for allowing 2020 to become bigger than it is because, Lord, I know greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. Lord, I, I, I'm sorry, Lord, for allowing fear to overtake the opportunities that you laid out before us. I'm tired, Lord, and I'm sorry for making excuses for not doing your will. But Lord, in the words of Samuel, I'm saying to you now, here am I. Lord, please send me. I'll go. Elisha had a similar spirit. It was not a convenient time. Elijah was going through his own personal turmoil when he laid that mantle upon Elisha. Elijah was a wanted man by the king. He was a wanted man by Jezebel. But Elisha did not allow any of those things to deter him from doing what God told him to do. He did not allow his circumstances to put his purpose on pause. And I'm t- saying that to somebody right now. Do not allow your circumstances to put your purpose on pause. God still loves you. God is still making provisions for you. I ask you this question as the writer of old asks. Yes, you're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, you're in the middle of a divisive election season. Yes, there have been so many issues of race that have been brought up this year. Yes, you have your personal problems, your own personal turmoil and storms. Well, let me ask you this question as it relates to you and your purpose. Is there anything that is too hard for God? Is there anything that is too hard for God? I believe I know your answer. There is nothing that is too hard for God. So I need to adjust my attitude and my expectation, even in the middle of a pandemic, recognizing that my problem is never larger than the God who works inside of me. There is nothing that is too hard for God. So tomorrow, the pandemic will still be going, but so will your purpose. Tomorrow, There'll be forces working against you, but your purpose is still working inside you tomorrow. There'll be people who will try you, who will distract, who will attempt to distract you. But at the same time, I want you to understand this. I've shared it before and I'll keep sharing it. So you get it. There are yet people waiting on you to walk in your purpose. People who will not see the light of Jesus Christ until they see it through you. Don't ever extinguish your light. Don't ever put it on the shelf. Being a Christian is a 24/7 job. Don't ever attempt to lay it aside because you're frustrated. Don't attempt to lay it aside because of circumstances. Don't lay it aside because of a pandemic. It's time to unpause your purpose. It's time to walk inside the light of Jesus Christ that should be driving the example that God wants you to be. So let your light so shine in the middle of a pandemic so that men might see your works, but yet glorify your Father, which art in heaven. I'm about to leave you with this. What good is a light that shines without darkness? What good is a light that shines without darkness? There was this riddle that my sons and my, my daughter, we always like to tell each other riddles and jokes. We're telling this riddle and they said there, there was a man. He was dressed in all black. He had on dark sunglasses. He had on dark gloves. He had on a dark mask. He was standing in the middle of the street with dark shoes. Everything he had on was black. And while he stood in the middle, dressed as dark as possible, there was a car that was coming in his direction. The car did not have its headlights on, but yet it saw him. How did the person inside the car see the man that was dressed in all black, from head to toe. And the answer to the riddle was simple. It was light outside. It was daytime. The car did not need its headlights. What I'm saying is, many of us are like those headlights. When you're like the headlights, you only find your utility. You only find your purpose when there is darkness. Well, I came to tell you in 2020, we've experienced a lot of darkness. And to the Christians out there, I'm asking you, where is your light? The world needs you more now than ever before. It's easy to shine out when the light is on, when it's daytime. But now is the time that your light is so necessary People need your light to navigate their way out of the darkness, to see their way out of depression and anxiety, to see that they still have purpose, to see that there is hope in the middle of a pandemic. Somebody needs your light. They didn't need it when it was daytime, but now that there's darkness, they need your light. Christians, I'm calling out to you. We're in the middle of darkness. And people who do not know Jesus Christ, they're in desperate need of your light. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that comes to enlighten us, to invigorate us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. To push us, Lord, further along the path of destiny that you desire for each and every one of us. And for that, Lord, we just say thank you. Lord, I ask that you touch us tonight, strengthen us, help us find our purpose in your word. Lord, help us to shine brightly that others might see our works, but yet give you all the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I pray that you're blessed and encouraged. I pray that you will take the, f- the example of Elisha tonight. Yes, it's not a convenient time. No, it's not a convenient season. But yet, in the middle of darkness, that's when your light is the most necessary. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Five. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the 2 line. And in the 4 line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and and your gift.